0: I remember someone telling me before I had children that in order to pay for the childcare, you need to be earning at least 80 grand. So what is everyone doing? Sitting there thinking, I have not done
1: two degrees
0: and worked my arse off my whole life to be sitting in a circle, (laughs) cross-legged, singing a song. I was like, what is going wrong?
1: We are joined on this episode of our podcast by Ali, who has two lovely young children and has returned to work twice in the field of private equity. She's a brilliant advocate of women returning to work and women in the private equity arena, um, which is fantastic and really in line with what we are doing at Women Who Work. And we're delighted to have her join us today to talk a bit about her story and her experience of going on maternity leave and returning to work to share some of her wisdom and honest, true thoughts, which is always really helpful to those of you who are on maternity leave. So without further ado, I'll hand over to you, Ali. And maybe you could just kick off by talking to us a bit about when you first announced your pregnancy and went on mat leave. How was that experience for you?
0: I remember um, grabbing grabbing my boss and just saying, oh, can I have a few minutes? Or maybe it was after a meeting. To I can't remember when it was, but I remember the room I was in and I was I knew I had my 12-week scan the next day. And so I, I said to him, "I just wanted to let you know I've got my 12-week scan tomorrow, um, I, I'm pregnant, but I wanted to tell you before, because if it's bad news, then obviously I'm going to be upset, and if it's good news, then obviously you'll know. Um, and he was just so nice, he kind of smiled and just said, congratulations, that's wonderful news, um, and that was all kind of pretty positive went off my 12-week scan and I think he kind of texted me saying you know good luck and you know how's it all going and um yeah it was like that that yeah just was fine I I wasn't actually feeling nervous about it I guess everyone kind of expected it i had been married for a year or so I always talked about having having a family it was like everyone was probably waiting for the moment
2: how long were you at that firm for?
0: I'd already been there for
1: four years. Okay. So you were quite well established.
0: Yeah, so I, I'd got engaged there, got married when I was there. Um, so yeah, I'd been there a long time. Do you think it was a case of it just
2: being a matter of time?
0: They knew it was going to be a matter of time and I knew it was a matter of time. Yeah,
2: they'd baked it in.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'd, and I'd already I'd already spoken to my boss about it. I said, you know, y- you all know I want to start a family. So he'd, we'd have the open conversation well in advance. I wasn't... Leading up to it, I wasn't pretending. I've I've never pretended to be anything other than me. I am, myself, the same person at work as I am at home. Um, And, yeah, I've never pretended to anything else, so I think it wasn't a big deal. Has that worked well for you? Yeah, I think it's been... I haven't haven't found that an issue, other than the fact that probably everyone at work knows far too much about my private life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's something that people really struggle with, particularly in quite male-dominated industries um was that something you ever thought about even when you were a grad at the very beginning of your career or have you always taken that approach of just being really um open and honest about yourself
0: yeah I've I've always been like too too open um open and honest but I've also always been in male dominated settings so I did um like maths and further maths at school and I was one of only two or three girls in a class of 20 I did sciences I did a science degree I just was, I've just always been in an environment. And weirdly, I hadn't even really noticed that I was like one of a few women. It just didn't even cross my mind. And I remember when I was in my 20s reading Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, and I was like, oh, are, are people meant to treat me differently because I'm a woman? <laughs> I, I honestly was really like, part of it, it, it actually started making me think, are you saying that because I'm a woman it started made me way more aware that they, I could be treated differently as a woman because I've never been treated differently like I grew up on a farm was taught how to drive a digger was taught how to change a light you know like a plug like you know I was always just did these things that boys would do I just never really it just never occurred to me that it would be any different if I were, you know if I was a girl or a woman
2: Interestingly, I I think I felt the same. It did. I felt like I had every opportunity growing up. I don't feel like it was any different between me and my brothers, for example. Yeah. Particularly, I went to an all girls school, so you know, there, you know, you were big up. There was no mm-hmm. difference. I felt it was only later. I think coming into the workplace that I started to notice it and reading books, etc. And you start to become more
1: aware of the way society is. Yeah, Ali, do you have sons or daughters? Remind me.
0: Um, I have a son and a daughter
1: and do you think you'll try to raise your daughter that that same way that you were raised sort of as if nothing was different between the two of them yeah definitely When you have boys around them
0: definitely but it is hard I mean they are so different and I don't obviously they are just two different people and I that is the fact but I don't know if like I was saying saying to Azzy earlier that my daughter kind of in bed at night like plays with her teddies and like pretends they're talking and she's only two but she she kind of plays in such a different way to my son all my son does all day is just dig things and bash things and he is just such a boy and she is such a girl and I know that that's not meant to be a thing but I will they are very different but I will I will definitely um bring them up to believe they can both do whatever they want to do
2: it is fascinating the nature nurture thing Because I'm definitely seeing my eldest, who's also two, a girl, very much into girly things. And is that because I've put girly things in front of her or is she just naturally into that?
0: Yeah, we don't have that many girly things in our house. Our house is full of tractors and diggers, anything with wheels, like sand and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yet my daughter will go and find something and wrap it around her neck and go and find some shoes and try and put them on. and it's it's yes they're just so different it is
2: amazing isn't it so how old are your how old's your son
0: he is four no nearly four
2: okay and how long did you have for maternity leave for each
0: I took six months with my son and then I my second one was a bit different because I took I went back to work for a month in the middle kind of working kind of ad hoc because my husband took a month off so that I could um I went back and trained someone who was starting at my team um and kind of just you know, did a bit of work and then at the end I um also took some more holidays. I think I was off for seven months, but in my head it was still like six months. Six months probably.
2: And how did you find that time period? So for the f as in was it the right amount of
0: time to take? Mm. It's quite I think it's quite short. Yeah, it is short. I, I I remember reading and I keep on telling people this and honestly it might be nonsense and this 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 study might have never been done. But I remember reading that the Bill and Melinda Melinda Gates Foundation had done some research into the optimum amount of time to take off um, because obviously too little, it's too soon and too much. Um, It then is harder from a confidence point of view to get back into your job. And apparently their research concluded that six months was the right amount of time. And I felt that six months if I wanted to breastfeed was enough time, but it wasn't so much that it was kind of, you know, and I work for a small team and I really care about my job. So I I, I did six months for my son and it was honestly the perfect amount of time. But he was sleeping through the night.
1: Ali, sorry to interrupt you. Did you make that decision about six months before you went or while you were away? When did you sort of come to that conclusion?
0: I said I wanted to take six months. And I, I ended up taking six months, but but my boss is also very good at saying, you know, this is fluid, you don't have to decide you know, you can be more flexible, but I only got paid for six months. And at that time, like, well, I think still now, you know, I, I was the breadwinner. So it was also like, <laughs> I could have like saved some more money. But, you know, you quite quickly just aren't getting monthly income. And that's quite stressful. You know, you have mortgages to pay. Um, and, you know, life is expensive. So, yeah, I, I just thought I would try that. And I did it. And then I had loads of holiday left, which for the first kind of six to eight weeks. I took a day of holiday a week um, before going back five days.
2: How did you find maternity leave followed by the transition back?
0: A few weeks back into getting back to work, I was like, this is great. Hello, me again. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember my, my husband, after a few weeks going back to work, I remember he came home and we were just chatting, I don't know, chatting or whatever. And he said, oh, It is so nice to have you back. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, Well obviously I couldn't say it at the time, but when you were pregnant and when you had a newborn and when you're on maternity leave you just weren't yourself. And I was like, Oh, I was kind of a bit offended, but then but after time it kind of I realised that really was that just really was true. Like it really caught myself again it did take a bit of getting used to you have really
2: kindly helped us with our mentoring scheme uh, that we've we've launched earlier this year and i remember you saying on one of the mentoring sessions something about you being a monster whilst on mat leave <laughs> a witch
0: yeah a witch literally i was a witch on mat leave and then i turned back to myself because i, I think my husband would say the same right now <laughs> <laughs> and i think it is just really like, I I love my children so much and I love spending time with them. I've now realised that, you know, an hour to an hour and a half a day is probably maximum amount of time <laughs> and plus weekends. And that that amount of time with them means I love being a parent. But on leave I just found it really I'm I like being really productive and I did find it quite hard that the thing that I did that was productive was unloading in the dushwasher. And that was was literally the only productive thing I had done all day. And I also found it really hard sometimes having a really fun day out. If I did have a really fun day out, I also felt a bit guilty, and that sounds awful, but just if it was a really good day and I just had fun all the time, I was like, oh. This is, you know, is this bad? I'm having such a a fun time with my child.
2: I totally understand what you're saying. Did you feel the same for both maternity leaves?
0: No, no, no. So one of the the classic differences is I remember sitting, I remember, so first maternity leave, I was in London, second maternity leave, I was in Hampshire because I now don't live in London. And I went to a music group on first maternity leave and I was sitting in a group of people and we were all sitting cross-legged and it was sort of pass the teddy around the room and be like, good morning, this person, good morning. They know. And pass the teddy singing this chant. And I was sitting there thinking, I have not done two degrees and worked my ass off my whole life to be sitting in a circle, cross-legged, singing a stupid little song. I was like, what is going wrong? I was like, this is insane. And I wanted to kind of stand up and be like, sorry. Like, <laughs> Do you know, not like do you know who I am, but like I actually have a real, I'm a real person. Like I'm not a child, children's entertainer. And I just and I hated it. I hated those music groups because I was like, I this it just felt so weird. Second time around, I was prancing around the room as if it, I honestly, the music classes were the highlight because My daughter loved them. I love them. And I was so excited to be in this room where it's this like safe space with loads of mum with this woman who sang so beautifully. I literally just walked into this music room and she just made my heart sing.
1: What happened to you? You've softened. Did children
2: just
0: wear you down so that after two years? (laughs) I I just think that my second, at first I was like, I was, I think I was just resisting it. It was such a big change. And then with the second, I was like, I only have six months here. Come on, this, embrace this and it's okay to enjoy it.
2: And I think there's an element of, with your first, you feel like that's kind of going to go on forever. Whereas with your second, you know this is all just a phase and they're going to get out of this cute phase soon and start kind of arguing back with you, et cetera. So you're kind of embracing it more, I guess.
0: Yeah, exactly. I just totally embraced it. I was like, this is going to go seriously quickly, just literally use this six months and just to have a good time as and have as good as, as much fun as possible with your children and it's okay to have fun with your children that is okay
2: so that I think that's quite interesting actually the those two different uh feelings towards mat leave I think women out there be quite interested so actually if you're not enjoying it first time around you may well enjoy it second time around yeah
0: and also um one kind of one woman who I was speaking to recently who's actually much older she has kind of children our age and she said to me She's like, she always worked. And she said, and I let my, so I look, look back and I let my nanny do all the fun things with my children whilst I just didn't. So like I would sometimes take, take days of work, but not to have fun with my children, but to like do jobs and get stuff done, like, like house admin and all this other stuff. And I didn't use that day to have fun with my children. And I look back and all the most enjoyable moments my children had in their childhood weren't with me. Um, and that really landed home. And I was like, actually we only do have, you know, it's it's just, you know, just make the most of your time you do have with them and just have a great time.
1: Joy and I spoke to someone a while ago who was talking about that very thing, about childcare, and they were saying jobs in children's lives fall into front office, middle office and back office. Yeah. And They're like, outsource as many back office jobs as you can, like the dishwasher and the laundry, yeah. and try to do all the front office stuff yourself, like the swimming lessons and the music classes. I thought it was really fun funny way of putting it
0: unless you're like me and you hate you hate swimming and you love laundry <laughs> so I do all our laundry but I'm not getting in a swimming pool anytime soon
2: is it because it's quite satisfying to finishing finish a load of laundry
0: yeah and I find ironing really like therapeutic people think I'm crazy but it's really mindful in that you can't because it's a two-handed job you can't even really like watch telly I like to kind of do it in silence <laughs>
2: have to focus <laughs>
0: yeah you have to focus you can't look at your phone you can't do anything else and like sometimes even if my husband comes to the room and starts to talk to me whilst I'm doing the ironing he knows he's made a mistake <laughs> it's honest I find it like meditative and it is so satisfying I'm also like
2: and you do it in silence
0: often in silence I love it That's
1: <laughs> your alone time
0: and I'm really, really, um, yeah, I'm really into like comfortable beds. We, we often have people to stay, and you know, I'm just really bed proud. So i all the sheets. I've, yeah, it's like. Alzi and I can
2: come and stay and try out your uh, nice little bed. Come and stay.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like, Ali, just going back to your mat leave, um, I'd be really, I think it'd be really interesting to share your experience of looking at your company's mat leave policy and uh, the work you did around that. I think that'd be really useful for people to hear about.
0: Yeah. So um, kind of soon after I got married, obviously I realised I wanted to have children at some point. um, And I was sort of doing some digging around and asking about um, what the mat leave policy was. So I asked, we don't, we have, it's a really small business that I work for. There are only 30 people in the whole company and only 20 people on the investment team.
2: Just sorry to interrupt. How many are
0: women? So on the investment team, there are three just to give context. Yeah. And um, and at that point in time, someone in the finance team had taken Matt leave and there was a female partner who'd taken that leave. The, um, and the kind of our office manager, who's the head of HR, um, who was also my PA, I asked her if she had the policy and she, I don't think she knew. So I asked the partner who'd had two children who's been so supportive of me and she's such a role model. And she was like, oh, I think it's just done, like, on an ad hoc basis. Like, you know, it kind of depends how long you've been here. And, you, know, you know, she's like, yeah, mine was pretty good, but there's not nothing official. And I was like, okay, well, I just, just I just don't want to enter a negotiation when I'm three months pregnant. Um, so I was chatting to my boss one day, and he's like, "And, and anything else? And I, was like, and I said, oh, yeah, there is actually something else. And I had done some research up until this point, so I knew what I was asking for. I said, look, you know, you all know, you know, I got married early this year. Um, you all know I want to um, have children at some point because I talk about it all the time. Um, but I don't think there's a maternity policy. And I don't really want to be sitting here three months pregnant, kind of asking you what it is. And he was basically really embarrassed. He really, really was embarrassed that he hadn't thought about it. And he said, OK, well, I know you're not sitting here. I know you wouldn't have. Ask this question without doing your work so come on what have you worked out what do you want (laughs) um and I said um well look I you know I appreciate this is a small company and um you know you therefore probably don't want me to be gone for like a huge amount of time but I do also want to take um as much time as I'm going to need but I am the breadwinner and I'm going to really find it really hard if I don't get paid for the time I'm off I want to get my full salary for the amount of time I'm off and I think that amount of time should be six months and he said okay well let me have a think about it he went away um and then um my kind of head of HR said just so you know the HR the the family friendly policy has been updated I thought you might want to see it so he never actually kind of but it kind of presented it back to me she then sent it to me and it explained that um you do get six months paid leave but four you get four months when you're off and then you get the final two months once you've been back for six months and that's just to prevent people from taking the full pay and then handing in their notice which I did think was fair um so I got my full salary for those six months and they've been pretty um kind of fair and sometimes generous with bonus as well. And paternity leave? And paternity leave as far as I'm aware is just the two weeks. Um, I don't know if it's paid or unpaid but I don't know no one at our firm has taken more than two weeks off.
1: Well I think it's so good Ali's an example is just to say that you know ask the questions and things can change just because something has been done one way for a long time Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that's set in stone and if you're someone that's valuable and important to the business, then they're going to listen to you, especially if you approach it with data and figures and tell them what the comparators and the industry are doing, Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, companies are more and more willing to listen to us. Exactly. I think also a really good point that you did that before you got pregnant, because as you say,
2: you don't want to be in that (laughs) bargaining position sort of three months down the line
0: yeah and I've I've told I basically I was just at the time I didn't re- I didn't have any friend have any friends that had been through that um but I was basically just taking advice I was imagining that I was someone else and that's the advice I would have given someone else so I just sort of said right you just got to do this otherwise you're an idiot just get this sorted before before you get pregnant
1: and actually your blueprint was really helpful to me we spoke about this when I was mm-hmm. um, looking at my maternity policy in my company and you sent me some of the stuff you'd done and how you'd approached it and you know, I did the same thing in my firm with a similar result. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it works. Well done, both of you. And when you went back, Ali, what um, childcare setup did you have in place? Um, we got a nanny. So because my son was only six months,
0: I just, I just felt like he was too small to go to nursery. I was, um, so we had um, uh, yeah, an, a, a nanny who worked, um, I think, from like seven forty-five to five forty-five, um, and then what we did is um, split the week up. Um, there were obviously ten slots in the week. There's been five mornings, five evenings, and we just did five each. Um, my office always starts a lot earlier, so I would tend to do more of the evening slots, and my husband would do more of the morning slots. But we just, just did five each, um, and the nanny did the, the bits in the middle.
1: And how did you find choosing a nanny?
0: So choosing a nanny was, I mean, I literally just didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> How on earth are you meant to choose? <laughs> but like, it is the most important job in the world. Yeah, it is. I guess references are really important. Um, I met this wonderful woman called Diane. We actually only ended up employing her for about four months because then um, we were in lockdown, so... Um, we had a slightly different arrangement um but at that point I had no idea no one I knew had a daddy uh I knew that it's what we wanted I think I only met one person and then I took some references and she'd had loads of experience looking after small children so she wasn't um basically most of her jobs had been for like six months to a year looking after babies I think that was her thing she was in her 60s um she was just like an older woman who loved hanging out with babies um but yeah really hard whereas yeah i still don't know now i mean yeah i'm now my fourth nanny so um have not not for any bad reasons we've kind of um left on kind of good terms with um everyone just you know people's lives change and you know i think you're very lucky to keep a nanny for more than kind of 2 or 3 years just because of life moves on
2: can i ask you a bit about your husband does he work full time
0: yeah so he works full-time as well um and he works in the renewable energy space um and i remember saying so i just assumed i always assumed that we'd both work four days a week and that therefore we'd only need childcare for three days a week and that's how we were going to do things and i remember saying to him so this is what we're going to do right And he was like no i want to work five days a week so like, oh okay, well, you definitely must do that then. Um, and I was like, well, I want to work five days a week too. It's like, okay, well, you can do that then. Um, and I think, yeah, when now I actually now, So even though I work full time, I have half a day off a week, but I kind of make up for it so kind of throughout, throughout the week. But I just think it's, so important to both work the amount you want and parent the amount of amount you want if you have the luxury to do that I know there are lots of families where that simply doesn't work because someone is having to work more than they would like for financial reasons reasons and there are other times when someone can't work for financial reasons but um we have made sure that we are both doing the amount of work and the amount of parenting that we want to do what was the reason that you wanted to go back full-time I just liked working. I just liked my job. Um, and I thought, I what I, I think I thought, I'll just try it. And if it doesn't work, I can always go down. But I think maybe if you start with less, then it's probably harder to go up. Um, and it did actually, and it did work. But I surprised myself that I was actually very happy just seeing my son, sometimes only in the evening, sometimes only in the morning, and having great weekends. Um, it didn't... It just didn't, it didn't bother me. Um, But it did bother me as time has gone on. So I now do these four and a half days and I work from home, you know, one or two days a week and it allows me to see my children more. I I could not now work five full days and just not see my children like that. I think that would just be too hard.
2: What's prompted the change? Is that because they're older?
0: Yeah, they get better and better. I honestly think apparently they get better and better until they're seven. (laughs) Good to know, We've got a few years to go. So and this is what I've been told. So I just love spending time with them. But also I live an hour and a half from my office. So when I when I go to London I I leave the house before 6:30. So there was like no chance of seeing the children in the morning and in order to see them in the evening I have to leave my office at like 4:45. So um I just think if I had if I was in the office for Five full days, I actually wouldn't see them at all. So
1: something had to change. I are both your children at home right now with with a nanny during the day. Now you live in the countryside.
0: Yeah, so we now have a nanny who lives in. We converted um, our garage for kind of to create a, a kind of nanny flat. Um, so she has her own space but lives kind of on the premises. Um, and my son also goes to nursery, um, but he goes to one of these. Nurseries are very confusing. He goes to a preschool nursery that's term time only. It's nine till three, term time only. So as far as I can work out, if you have a job, that is not, like, that's not childcare. That is, like, preschool education. So he attends his preschool education setting <laughs> three days a week. By well, by days, I mean nine till three. Like, when he was at nursery, he went from eight till six. <laughs> and he's now at uh, a preschool education. A, a preschool, yeah. School um, nine to three, three days a week, um, but now now you get um, free hours because he's three. So that is pretty good. So I only pay for three terms, and each term is about eight hundred pounds.
1: Wow, that's excellent. Wow.
0: <laughs> because um, <laughs> most of the hours he does are paid for, paid for by the government. Yeah.
1: Um, Ali, I think it would be really interesting to hear from you about the work that you did um, doing a comparative childcare cost. Um, chart. Um, so what prompted you to do that? And what was your takeaway when you when you put that information together?
0: So the thing that prompted me to do it was that um, I think a lot of people's advice to working mothers is get more help. And whilst I agree that lots of help is great, I just don't think when people say that they realise how expensive that is. Mm-hmm. So I just was feeling annoyed about This constant comment of getting more help. Um, So I thought, I know what, I'm going to survey people and I just ask my friends about how much their childcare costs. And then this will be a really useful um, kind of data point or set of data points for people to share with their friends and family, especially if it was kind of, if that propped up that kind of question or that advice in a situation where it's not always as, as easy as just getting more help. So one evening, I probably wouldn't have done it if my husband was at home, he was away, he would have told me to go to sleep. But I just quickly coded a survey and it was like only about five or six questions because I know that everyone has a tiny attention span. So the data is not perfect because in order you really need to work out sort of the cost per childcare, per child, per hour, per age, per geography, and you know, it's just really difficult to do it perfectly. But the results were that basically for most families it was costing at least Kind of two thousand pounds a month to to um, send their children to, to to pay for childcare, and it varied obviously by geography. So I live outside of London, and it, and it is cheaper on average outside London. It is definitely cheaper if it's nursery only. So that the the cheapest kind of childcare option is nursery only, but only fifty percent of people that did the survey were were, were surviving with nursery only care. were getting additional support whether that was through a nanny or through um, grandparents or through something else and I think the thing is is that you know the the price the cost that people were spending whilst it kind of you know the kind of mean median was around 2000 it went it goes up to 6,000 pounds a month because if you have a live-out nanny in London that is how much it costs I, I am lucky because I am able to have, I don't live in London and we have a, a live-in nanny, so it is cheaper, but it is really expensive to get proper help, if that's what you want to call it. Um, so yeah, I've just shared it. We've got over a hundred people replying and ho- hopefully it'll be helpful for other people when when um, they're kind of planning ahead or kind of negotiating pay rises and things like that.
2: Definitely, I think it's a really useful tool. I find it quite extraordinary because... A nursery option is the cheapest. There is a nursery near me um, and Aussie that for two children is 4800 a month and that's including the 10% discount for the second child. I think that's right, isn't it, Aussie? Yeah. So that's the cheapest option, 4800 a month mm-hmm. for two children to be in nursery yeah. full-time.
0: For two children,
2: yeah. I mean, that that's extraordinary.
0: I mean, it's absolutely mad. I remember someone telling me um before i had children that in order to pay for the childcare, you need to be earning at least 80 grand to, to just pay for child care and that's not paying for any activities paying for additional food paying for anything that is just childcare um to have you know t- two children and that is right that 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 data point is correct and everyone tells me i'm barking mad but it is unless you have um, something else in place, like someone who's willing to help or you can do really flexible work. You know, there are other things. And, and in this in this survey, there, were, there was a very low data point. But someone, the person who put that very low data point said, we have a subsidised nursery at work. So there was a reason the childcare costs were so much less. Um, but, you know, if you're both working full time and long hours, the type of childcare you need to pay for is
2: huge. I think I think it's important also to, I think some people think about the childcare costs as being against just the woman's salary, but actually it's split between two. So if you're both working, say you were both on 40k each, that would be a total of 80,000. And you, so you have to look at the income as across both of you, mm, rather yeah, than yeah. looking just... Because often people will be like, oh, gosh, I'm earning 40 grand a year. My childcare costs mm. just cover my salary mm. or whatever. But actually, you've got to look at it across both, mm-hmm. which I think is quite a helpful way of thinking about it, because
0: yeah. it makes
2: it slightly more manageable.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and obviously, one hope, it, you know, in the world that we're in, where we have these very char- expensive childcare costs, one hopes that you're investing in your career and your, your salary will go up in time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, if we, you know, my husband and I are both so lucky. We have jobs that we love. We earn a decent amount. We can afford, for, you know, we can afford to have a nanny. You know, there is no, like, crime River here. The thing that I find so upsetting is, so what is everyone else doing? Mm. Like, if you were a doctor, like what are you doing like and to have intelligent women who have in you know, and the government and the state have paid for them to be educated so to get trained as a, as a as a medic they have been through years and years of training and education they've become a brilliant doctor and then it's too hard like if you've got two doctors with demanding hours how do they do it i know and it's one very deliberate
2: so so the w- women who work is targeted at women in professional services and one of the main reasons for that is that we've got a, a huge inbuilt assumption that you can afford childcare Mm -hmm. because your salaries are are higher but yes looking at teachers or doctors or nurses etc you know which are very qualified positions is a I I don't know how they do it
0: Some
2: and and what ends up happening is they end up leaving the workplace
0: yeah, and then sometimes I think, like, so why bother even giving them, a, like, giving them an education? I know that's extreme, and obviously every woman should have, like, but sometimes I think, if you're not, if if as a woman, if you want to have children, you can't afford to work. Then why bother giving them the skills to work? Why why don't why haven't we sort of? and I know that becomes quite like handmaid handmaidens tale, and you're saying, you know, women should all kind of have children in their in their teen years, and you know, but it's Matt. That's like almost
1: what it makes me think. Yeah, because society is sort of promising you something by saying you can do this job, we're going to train you up, do this job. And then what happens when you have children is that's all sort of, for many people, taken away from them effectively. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, so lucky. What do you think about women more widely in private equity? I mean, I know we are underrepresented, but is that changing? Are you seeing changes in the industry? And I know there's some big initiatives you're involved in to try and help improve the numbers in, in private equity
0: yeah there, there are lots of good initiatives there's um uh, level 20 which is an organization doing just that they offer um mentoring and i've been part of that program which has been helpful and you know it's it's um there is now more and more kind of examples of women who have done it um i think it is really hard so i i lead our origination team and so spend a lot of time thinking about where we should invest and meeting kind of entrepreneurs and talking to them about their businesses and um I'm kind of involved in the early stages of um due diligence and assessing the opportunity and explaining to them why we might be a good kind of partner for the future but I don't work on deals and the problem with deal work is it's long days late nights and I think time sensitive yeah and that is obviously harder to do when you are working really long hours um it's harder to do if you don't want to do that um and if you want to be able to if you want to be able to leave early you know when we have a nanny to get home to you have no choice you, you have to leave the office because there are someone's they need to go home or you know when you're picking up from nursery there is no option and I think that the private equity deal world um is it's a more of a challenge than the job I've carved out for myself but it's definitely getting better and um there are just so many more role models now which is which is great
2: can you see the culture changing as well in terms of I mean wonderful that there are more female uh role models but can you also see men changing a bit and talking more about openly about their families and getting more stuck in and perhaps the way they didn't 30 years ago
0: yeah so I mean are uh the company obviously I don't know about every other company but our company is a very family orientated business so everyone talks with their family a lot and family really comes first and I look at all the kind of even when I joined I remember looking at the partners and thinking yeah you've got a good life I quite like your life you know you all see your see your friends and family a lot you know family is obviously really important and that for me has been a massive reason why I've stayed whereas my previous company which is a consulting firm the none of the the partners are always in the office and I was like I just don't want your life I just don't want to be you whereas the the firm I am now I looked at senior people and I thought I do want to be you um and so it's great that people are kind of very kind of family focused but how many men in p take more than 2 weeks off i don't know many mm.
1: and you mentioned that your husband took a month off um it's i think your first maternity leave or second, um, how was that? How did he find that? How did you find the sort of handover to him? And was that something worthwhile from your perspective?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it is quite hard when you are just in charge of everything to let go. So I, there was quite a lot of like messaging, how do I do this, how do I do that? But I am just like, you're just going to have to make the mistakes. Like, I'm not going to hold his hand. So um, my poor husband was, just, I think, whenever he's kind of... Um, that, that early baby stage is is just hard when you are the sort of CEO of the baby um, to to throw them into the ring. But I've just trusted him and learned. You know he'll he'll make some mistakes and then he'll be fine. And you know, he's he's awesome. I think he actually finds it hard because he gets the children up and gets them changed most mornings because I leave. And when I've been getting them up and getting changed, it's almost the other way around. He's like, oh, you just don't, let you know, you do it in this order. and No, that's not what you say. And this is what you need to do. Because I'm, you know, so I think um, it was, I can't, to be honest, I can't, I can't remember it being a massive issue. But I do remember kind of just having to let go. Do you now share it 50-50? Yeah, so I would think during the week he probably does a bit more than me because I um, go to, A, I go to London more, and B, I um, often leave, for example, in the morning when they're still asleep. Um, but weekends I do a lot more. Um, and if ever I'm here, I do do them. So I think it probably is about 50-50. Um, but my husband's really I mean he's amazing. He's so hands on. Like you know, he does all the washing up, all the he's just very he's much more domesticated than I am really. Um other than other than the ironing, which
2: <laughs> I am queen of the ironing. Um you you were saying on the mentoring scheme that your husband even buys clothes for Yeah, so it shouldn't be a surprise, but I do
0: <laughs> it's great that he buys clothes for them. It was honestly I really loved him a lot that day. Because normally he would have, he might have, he might have said to me, "I think that you know our child needs this or our child needs that," or he would just rely on me to like get them more clothes when they're too small. And I had a message from him that said, "By the way, I've bought more pants and I've bought more socks for our son um, because all of his pants and socks were too small."
2: Love it.
1: And I, I literally just couldn't believe it.
0: <laughs> this. It's amazing. <laughs> he has noticed he needs something. He's done it. No, he's um no, he's amazing. And like this morning when I left, I left about six thirty this morning. And I often leave things in a bit of a mess. And our poor nanny turns up and doesn't know where everything is. And I'd noticed he'd got the nappy bag. He kind of reorganised everything in the nappy bag, taken all of my crap out of the nappy bag, tidied everything up so that when she starts, everything's like in order. Whereas if I was in charge, my nanny would be running around trying to find everything in the morning.
2: Wow. It just emphasises it's so important to be a team, isn't
0: it? Yeah. And and we just yeah we just couldn't do it without each other i i off literally well to be honest i feel like he could do it without me but i couldn't do it without him i remember lying in bed really ill earlier this year and kind of listening to um, charlie my husband, you know sorting out the children and i was so ill i was like if i die he's gonna be fine <laughs> he's gonna be absolutely fine but if he dies i am so
1: screwed <laughs> um ali it's been so interesting hearing from you and getting lots of practical tips um i think it would be great to hear from you what your biggest high and biggest low have been of this journey of going on maternity leave and returning to work and as ever we take as read that the birth of your children is a high so you don't have to that's taken away from your list so anything else that has um, really stood out for you as biggest highs and biggest lows
0: um so let's let's end on a high. So let's start with one of the lows. I'll just give yeah. one. I I think the general kind of childcare arrangement thing is um is a kind of theme of the low points. But um, there was one moment where I'd um, got up at like five a.m. Um, to fly to Dublin, landed in Dublin, was in taxi on my way to meeting, um, and I was going to be like off comms, you know, through this meeting, and my nanny messaged me uh previous nanny is saying that she um, was too ill to look after the children. So she'd taken over, but my husband was in London. So I was in Dublin in a taxi. She was like, I cannot, I cannot carry on, I'm too ill. Um, Charlie was in London. So we we moved to Hampshire, because that's where both our parents live. My parents on holiday, so I had to call my mother-in-law. I had no idea what she was doing. And I just remember thinking... This is just the pits. I cannot do anything. Like, at least I'm in London, I can just like get the train home. I cannot do anything. I cannot get hold of my husband. I cannot get hold of anyone. Anyway, luckily, just before I went into this meeting, I had this, you know, rushed awkward conversation with my mother-in-law, and she just came and saved the day, which was amazing. But it's moments like that where I just I just think, why do I bother?
1: It's like everything's a spinning plate, and everything works until one plate falls, and then it's just a nightmare.
0: Basically, it's all fine unless your nanny's ill.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, I've said that before.
0: <laughs> it's everything. I've heard you say that until they're
2: ill, they resign.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then, or there's a lockdown, and your nanny can't come to work, and your husband's <laughs> ill, and you're anyway, whatever. Like, just put pepper Pig on. Just put Peppa Pig on. <laughs> yeah, those. Those moments, um, there's basically there's loads and loads, there's loads of highs because it's this awesome roller coaster. Um, but in terms of highs, definitely kind of like being back at work and kind of doing doing well at my job and kind of in general. What I also love about my job is um, people in my team and helping them do really well. So when I see somebody in my team do a good job and I feel like you know I've had an impact on that, that is so rewarding. So I love being able to give um, in the workplace. Um, but then also at the end of last year, I was asked to speak at our annual investor meeting, which, you know, we go to a hotel, we get up on stage, as mics, and it's only ever normally like, the, you know, a group of the most senior partners, um, and I'm not a partner, um, but I was asked to speak this year, um, which was terrifying, but sort of just a great opportunity, you know, got on stage did my thing you know who knows how well it went but everyone was so nice to me afterwards and just it just felt amazing congratulations incredible so that was and I remember going to my first annual investor meeting you know I just started and just thinking the whole thing was amazing and people you know talking so eloquently on stage and to be given an opportunity to do it myself was um that was pretty cool
2: well done you it sounds like very well deserved
1: thanks so much for joining us Ali it's been really really interesting insightful and I think Our listeners will hopefully take loads from it. Um, We will share that um, childcare cost table um, with our listeners and our followers because I think that's something that would be really useful for them to see as well. Um, And thank you so much.
0: Thank you both. I think you two are both amazing. Such an inspiration, honestly. I can't believe you're doing this on your mat leave. I couldn't even open my computer. (laughs) That's not like on mat leave, I just did 100% childcare, I just couldn't do anything else. So the fact you're doing this, you are proper superhumans. So well done. Thank you so much.
1: Very kind. Thank you.